morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, August 2nd. On this date in 1876, frontiersman Wild Bill Hickok was shot and killed in Deadwood in the Dakota Territory. That fatal shot came during a poker game. On this date in 1922, America said hail and farewell to the man considered the father of the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell. He died in Nova Scotia, Canada at age 75. And on this date in 1923, the nation's 29th president, Warren G. Harding, died in San Francisco. His vice president then became president. But who was the nation's 30th president? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center to check out your Wednesday forecast. And hey, good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Just a few clouds around this morning. Plenty of sunshine, a small chance of rain early today near the coast and an isolated shower thunderstorm this afternoon. Overall, most of today will be dry as high temperatures go up into the upper 80s. Tomorrow we'll see a high around 87. few more clouds, but still only a small chance of rain. That changes Friday. The rain chance will be up with some scattered showers and storms. High temperature around 85, below the average of 91, but we'll start to heat back up over the weekend 90 on Saturday around 93 by Sunday as a chance of rain starts to come down we'll start to see more sunshine over the weekend you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the low country's news leader life 5 news now let's get to your morning headlines this morning, we continue our coverage of a helicopter crash involving a pilot with the Charleston County Sheriff's Office. Now, that crash happened at the airport yesterday afternoon. Our Madeline Jeskowiak is live where that copter crashed at the airport there. Madeline, good morning. Tell us more about the story that we've been covering. Good morning. Well, it's dark behind me now, but yesterday afternoon, this lot behind me was filled with first responders. Charleston County officials say a helicopter was returning from scheduled maintenance when it went down around 3.30 yesterday afternoon. Now what you're looking at is video from yesterday's response. We're told the pilot was the only person on board the chopper at the time of the crash and is in the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Charleston County Sheriff Kristen Graziano says it was the pilot's, quote, expertise that allowed him to bring the helicopter down while minimizing damage on the ground and injury to himself. The National Transportation Safety Board has been called in to investigate. However, the aircraft has since been removed from the scene. Reporting live in North Charleston, Madeline Jaskowiak, Live 5 News. Thank you, Madeline. And Scott Martray was the Charleston County Sheriff's Office pilot who suffered those injuries in yesterday's crash. Our Emily Johnson was on the scene and tells us more about, the, about Martray and the history of the helicopter he was piloting. The sole passenger on board of the helicopter was Lieutenant Scott Martray, who is the Sheriff's Office chief pilot and has been with the department since 2006. Flight data shows whatever malfunction occurred on the helicopter, it only took about two minutes for the aircraft to travel for almost 100 miles per hour to zero. The sheriff's office has owned the chopper since 2018, with the aircraft costing about $3.4 million. The sheriff's department said there was no word on whether the helicopter, which is the only one the sheriff's office has, is salvageable. We'll find out more as the investigation goes on, but I think we'll, we'll find out that the, our, pilot, our, our pilots are very well trained to handle emergencies like this. And I think we'll find out that he, he did an excellent job. We will continue to keep you updated on the air and online about the pilot's current condition and any updates regarding the crash. 
In North Charleston, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. The Berkeley County Coroner's Office and State Highway Patrol are investigating a deadly crash in Monk's Corner. The coroner identified the victim as 32-year-old Whitney Strong from Bono. State troopers say that crash happened on Highway 17A near Willow Haven Lane yesterday morning. They say two tractor trailers were heading south and a car was heading north. That's when one of the tractor trailers and the car crashed before the crash. The uh, car then crashed with the second tractor trailer. In the courtroom now, the woman charged in the deadly Folly Beach crash that killed a newlywed bride and her three other people will stay behind bars ahead of her trial. Yesterday, a judge denied bond for Jamie Komorowski. She is facing reckless homicide and several felony DUI charges in connection with that April crash that killed Samantha Miller. Family members from both sides gave emotional pleas in the courtroom yesterday. It's torn part our family other families it's like you you didn't I'm sorry she didn't just kill my daughter she killed all of us comprehend what that pain must be Karen I'm truly sorry for that um Jake and I are very close um she was sitting a lone young woman with this heart and uh, down I know that she will not um, be a, uh, an issue if she is released on uh, its pollen. Now, the ruling did come with some stipulations. If a trial does not start by March, Kamarowski will be given a $150,000 bond under certain conditions. She would be under house arrest and have to wear a device that monitors alcohol consumption. The ex-CEO of Palmetto State Bank has learned how long he'll be in prison for his role in a series of financial crimes. Yesterday, a federal judge handed down a seven-year sentence to Russell Lafitte. In addition to more than $3 million, he'll have to pay in restitution. Lafitte was convicted of six financial crimes last November. Prosecutors have argued he and disbarred attorney and convicted killer Alec Murdoch conspired with one another to commit those financial crimes. At yesterday's hearing, Lafitte apologized to the victims but maintained his innocence. Murdoch has not yet stood trial for the financial crimes that he's accused of. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster has signed a bill into law criminalizing fentanyl trafficking. Law enforcement officers and people who've lost loved ones to fentanyl have been calling for this bill. The bill states that those trafficking the drug could spend anywhere from 7 to 40 years behind bars, depending on the amount of fentanyl that they have and if they have a previous offense. The new law adds fentanyl-related substances to the list of controlled substances and increases penalties for its trafficking compared with other drugs. A campaign is looking to empower voters with disabilities to cast their votes and make a difference in future elections. Disability Rights South Carolina is launching the Voting is My Right campaign, which aims to promote voter registration, education, and participation among young people with disabilities. According to the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, more than 11% of voters with disabilities experienced some sort of issues uh, in 2020 while voting. This campaign is designed to inform young people with disabilities about their rights, 
the voting process and all of the accommodations available, as well as collaborate with government agencies to enhance accessibility and streamline the voter registration process. The Charleston County School District is working to make schools as safe as possible as we quickly head into the next school year. One way they're doing that is by making sure each school has a dedicated security officer with the sole responsibility of keeping kids and staff safe. Nick Reagan is joining us now with the latest in this effort. And Nick, it seems like a lot of people believe that there is already a school resource officer on each campus. Yeah, Shelby, you and many others probably would think that that is certainly the case. However, it is not. The district partners with local law enforcement to put a licensed officer in each school, but because of staffing difficulties in those police departments and sheriff's offices, some of those positions have gone unfilled. Now, yesterday, the board members took action to spend $1.5 million to partner with Walden Security to hire private security officers for 23 schools that are currently without an SRO. This is something that came out of an internal review of the district uh, that the district did of its security after the school shootings in uh, Uvalde, Texas, that killed 19 students. Security staff ended up analyzing about a dozen different enhancements, including different types of locks, weapon detectors, bulletproof doors, things like that. And while some of those enhancements were simply too expensive to be practical, the district proposed using unspent money for those SROs to hire private security until the SROs could be hired. Now, the contract with Walden is uh, it still does need to be approved by the full board. Now, I talked to the district about these officers last year at the time, and they told me that uh, they were looking for candidates with law enforcement or military backgrounds, and they would still be required to go through state-mandated training. We'll have a lot more on this uh, later this month when we kick off our back-to-school coverage. Katie, Shelby, back to you guys. All right, Nick, thank you so much. And as Nick said, the first day of school is quickly approaching and one Newington Elementary School grandparent in Somerville wants more traffic safety education as road work continues. Part of the Berlin G. Myers Parkway Phase 3 construction is happening on Luden Drive, which leads directly to both Newington and Flowertown Elementary Schools. School pickup and drop-off times are already crowded during the school year, but grandparent Robin Kane tells us the construction will only make things worse. She says that drivers need to be more informed and more aware of their surroundings. I think we need to hold Dorchester District 2 accountable and that we need to hold the schools accountable for passing out literature that educates the parents. And Dorchester District 2 says as the community continues to grow, they'll continue to monitor the environment and make the necessary changes. The State Department of Transportation says it has not been made aware of any school traffic impacts from the construction, but they will also continue to keep an eye out. Another way to save on school supplies is to attend a giveaway. Luckily, there are plenty coming up ahead of the school year. Here are a couple happening this week. The Colleton County Sheriff's Office is partnering with Nova Church to host their second annual school supply giveaway. It'll be at Nova Church in Walterboro tomorrow from 5 to 8 to support kids in that area. You can see that address there on your screen. In Charleston County, the Breathe Easy Backpacks giveaway is Saturday. It'll be at James Simons Montessori School from 10 a.m. to 1. The American Lung Association will be giving out 250 backpacks with other school supplies and vape-free resources. 
That event will be drop-in and is first come, first serve. The local LGBTQ plus nonprofit, We Are Family, is making strides in the community by organizing their first ever GSA camp this month. Now, GSA, which stands for Gay Straight Alliance or Gender and Sexuality Alliance, is a club provided in many high schools. We Are Family will act as mentors or sponsors to guide those clubs, whether they're already new or already established. Our Destiny Kennedy is live at the We Are Family hub. Now, Destiny, tell us how the camp is hoping to create an alliance within the community. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. The GSA Leadership Camp aims to create a safe and supportive environment for the queer and trans community across the Low Country. The camp starts tomorrow, then runs through Sunday. Throughout the event, outside organizations sharing similar goals like Planned Parenthood and the Future Ready education initiative will be invited to speak and share valuable insight. Students attending the camp will enjoy a mix of engaging activities while also receiving valuable education on how to effectively run their GSA club back at school. We Are Family will be facilitating connections between schools and organizations, fostering a stronger sense of alliance in the community. GSA club can have different focuses ranging from activism, art, education to social support, providing a diverse platform for students to express themselves. In a recent example of We Are Family's involvement, students from the GSA club at RB Stahl secured a grant to establish a gender-affirming closet. They sought We Are Family as their sponsor to help facilitate the funds needed for the project. We Are Family program coordinator Gabby Mullins says the GSA clubs are not exclusive to the trans and queer community. They're not just for the people within the club, but a GSA can foster a more diverse and inclusive community as a whole at the school um, by, you know, spreading awareness at events, uh, tabling at uh, like information events, all, all those kinds of things contribute to fostering a more inclusive community. Now, the registration for participants are cl is closed now. However, there's still an opportunity for people to volunteer. So if you want to stay updated on volunteering and the GSA Leadership Camp, click this story at Live5News.com. Reporting live in North Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live5 News. All right, Destiny, thank you so much. Mount Pleasant is revealing the results of a survey conducted to determine what people want their government to focus on. Town officials said 41% of people are asking for more affordable housing options. But locals overwhelmingly said the biggest focus should be improving the roads there and other transportation infrastructure. If you'd like to check out the full results of this survey, you can head on over to our website, live5news.com, and click on the big red box. South Carolina's Department of Parks and Recreation has announced that $100,000 is being given to the Beachfront Nature Trail in the town of Sullivan's Island. It's part of the department's recreational trails program, and it's giving more than $700,000 to trails throughout the state. The department's director spoke about the importance of the project, saying outdoor recreation is booming as communities around the state are putting a higher priority on preserving our natural treasures and enhancing public access to these places. So at the beginning of the show, I told you that back on this date in 1923, President Harding died. His vice president naturally became America's new president. That was Calvin Coolidge. Celebrating birthdays this Wednesday, actress Joanna Cassidy is 78. Actor Butch Patrick, who played Eddie in The Munsters, is 70. 
Actor-director Kevin Smith turns 53, and actor Sam Worthington is 47. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.